Welcome, historians. Host Austin he they she and host Brenda she her have been waiting for you. Come along for secret histories of nerd mysteries. everyone. This is episode 76 of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. My name is Host. Yeah, we don't really know (laughs) if this is 76 or not. We were both like, well, I think it's 76. It's 76 in my heart. I was explaining to Austin before we started recording about how like 76 could be like the mythic the mythical episode or like whatever one we skip. So let's say we mm-hmm. skip episode 75. Episode 75 mm-hmm. doesn't exist. It's a myth. Mm-hmm. But that just reminded me of the Wayside School books by uh, Lois Lowry, the Holes guy. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know the Holes guy's name. I forgot yeah, it's, it's, a book. Lo- it's Lois Lowry. <laughs> I think that's a, I that's could a be fake, wrong. That's a that, fake oh, wait, ass name. that also could wait. That could be the name of the person who wrote The Giver. Wait, wait. <laughs> Holes. Holes guy. Please Google holes guy. Holes guy. What? What? If I... <laughs> hey, I actually get people who are in the movie Holes. <laughs> oh, okay. Louis <laughs> Lowry. What you got? The <laughs> I'm thinking about Louis Sachar. Sachar. S-A-C- I'm gonna be. You could have said any fucking name. I wasn't gonna like. I don't know who it is at all until you went like, "Oh wait, that's not the guy." Lois Lowry wrote The Giver. <laughs> These are two very different books. It's okay. I haven't read either of them. Yeah, I had to read The Giver for school, and I think I also had to read Holes for school, mm. or had Holes read to me. You know how teachers used to do that? Did your teachers do that? Oh, Where yeah. they'd be like, "It's reading time," but. You can read your own but book. Sit down and but- shut up. I'm going to read this book. Yes! They'd be like, I, either you read your own book or you sit here in silence while I read a book. <laughs> I did not. Not like after like kindergarten where like they read you like a kid's book, you know? Uh, yeah. After that, it was like you're fucking reading. Like, grow up. No. Come on. You're in it- first grade. Get with it. <laughs> it was um, like but I went to a school grade. that had. Uh, I went to a school that had. Pre, I, I've been in school since I was three years old because I went to pre three. Mm-hmm. So I had pre three, pre four, and kindergarten, and then first grade. So a lot of kids in my school like been in school so long. They're like, anyway, we're fucking done with that shit. You're yeah, pay your taxes. They weren't they weren't <laughs> like me to us. <laughs> they were. It was a very nice school, but no, you know, they didn't my, do that. I had a teacher who would read us like chapter books. That's like the mm-hmm. first time I ever encountered the unnameable boy wizard series. Hmm. <laughs> Because my teacher just read the first three, like, out loud. Mm. Like, so, my and then, like, other... Yeah? Sold it at was... the Scholastic Book Fair, which is interesting, because yeah. it was a Catholic school. Yeah, uh, I was like, did your school ban the unnameable boy wizard? No, it was, it was like, super chill. They sold uh-huh. it at the Scholastic Fair. Um, that's where a lot of my friends got it. I never had money for the Scholastic Fair. 
So mm-hmm. I usually just didn't go because it was like, you can go to this classic fair or you can have playtime. And I was like, well, I don't got any fucking money. So I guess I'm playing with all these toys while you leave, you idiot, you losers. I get playtime? Yes, this sounds amazing. Yeah, my school would have made us. Dunked. <laughs> yeah. My school would have made us go and stare at the books we couldn't find. <laughs> like, Wild. Everyone's like was, leaving the classroom. Like, it was like, I could go, but it was like, if you're not going to buy books, you don't have to go because it was um, my school, the eighth graders were made into like pseudo teacher hall monitor people so like the eighth graders would like among the eighth graders elect officers who would do (laughs) things around the school like there was someone who like was a hall monitor there was someone who like walked kids to the bus there was someone who like watched kids for recess outside um and then like so some of them would like just like take the like go to each classroom and take them to the book fair and then the eighth graders at the end of the day could like go to the book fair uninterrupted like no none of the other kids were around yeah it was, like, only, like, the big kids. But then by the time I got to eighth grade, a lot of that was done because my school was failing miserably because it was a Catholic school that wasn't mean, which apparently is the brand people actually want. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of students came to my school, and then their parents would pull them out because our school wasn't strict enough. Um, oh, my God. We had, like, a gay principal. They made accommodations for um, non-Catholic students. Like, not just non-Catholic students. Like, students that were, like... Uh, Muslim, or we mm-hmm. had one student who was, uh, I just lost it in my head and I don't want to just guess, but they were, they were like a non-Judo-Christian religion. Um, mm-hmm. they made accommodations for them. Uh, they made accommodations for international students where their parents didn't know their learning level that were like adopted and they were still learning English kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a great school. Um, I always have a hard time relating to other people who went to private school and they're like, it wasn't it just so awful? And I'm like, oh, my school is pretty okay, but that's why it failed, because it wasn't mean. <laughs> oh, that's really sad that, like, it was, like, a good positive environment, and that's not what people... Man, that sucks. Yeah. They're like, that's not the brand I signed up for. Why aren't you yelling at my kid more? We're, le- we're out of yeah. here. Why aren't you yelling at my kid? Where's the the rulers? Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> the nuns with rulers. Why is there Pokemon in this school? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pokemon. We the only thing they banned was Yu-Gi-Oh because a literal fight broke out among the older kids. Like the like eighth. Like, again, I was in eighth grade yet. We were like what, probably ten or eleven, or is there like something when Yu-Gi-Oh took off? Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. But but like the the like eighth graders, there was like a a literal fight over something to do with Yu-Gi-Oh, and so they banned Yu-Gi-Oh because of the fight. I think that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were doing a lot. Um, that wasn't like Pikachu's tail is a li- lightning bolt. <laughs> Level. Sh- have you seen that video? No. Oh, okay. We're gonna have to send that to you later. It's like this like TV priest, and he's just like, and look at this, and it's a p- picture of Pikachu, and he's like, mm-hmm. Pikachu's tail shaped like a lightning bolt. That's my terrible Southern accent. I'm so sorry. And you're like, you're like as a kid, well. Yeah, he's, yeah, an, he's electric an electric type. type. <laughs> yeah. And they, then he'd like be, be like with Polyworld, he'd be like, Polly, because you know, Polyworld's got like the, the swirl on his tummy. Mm-hmm. You know, like a tadpole actually does, IRL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was just like, it's trying to hypnotize all of you. And it's like, oh, he's a psychic <laughs> type. Of course he is. <laughs> I promise you, bro, if someone's trying to take over the world and not going to use Pokemon, there's much easier ways. Oh no, Pokemon preaches friendship and and love. Oh dear. Ooh, <laughs> and taking care of the environment. Jesus hated all that shit. 
Jesus, notorious <laughs> hater of nature and friendship, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, number one hater. That's what they call them. <laughs> that's that's what he's known for. <laughs> anyway, Louis Setchar wrote Holes, and he also wrote the series of books called The Wayside School, in which they, they build, instead of building a school one story like most normal schools, they build it like a fucking skyscraper. And anyway, there's a 13th floor that is maybe exists and maybe doesn't exist, and that's what the 75th episode, if it doesn't exist, would, of our podcast would be like. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, we, you brought it, you brought it back around. I did. I, was, I, I, I had really lost the plot. I was like, where are we going? It's okay. We're having a good time. I like hearing about like your school, and I like I like hearing about your life. I love you. I love you too. We have anyway. news. <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy. Xbox controllers. You wow, heard I hate me. That. A, a furry's best dream, I guess. I I hate it so much. Yeah, Xbox is uh I think they I think you can only win them. I don't think yeah. if they're selling them, I might have to buy one. Uh, I think if it's just the contest, which I hope you've entered. Um Yeah, it's a contest to promote uh promoting Sonic 2 and Knuckles. Um <laughs> Where you can win a Sonic and Knuckles themed controller, but they're not just, they're not, you think like art, right? Like that's usually what you do, right? Like you put art yeah. on them or like it's blue and then like the power button instead of an X is like a Sonic face or something, something normal. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. Which is not Sonic's brand at all in the modern era. <laughs> no, we should have known better. We should have known that they were going to release two different controllers. One is red like knuckles and the other is blue like sonic and they're furry yeah they're like hairy controllers so i don't get gamers hand sweat uh, but i know that's not the norm that most people sweat out of their hands profusely while playing video games i know because i've been handed a controller doused in sweat from my friends that's for wild so i also don't get gamer hand sweat mm -hmm. um can't relate to people who do must be miserable but yeah. I like those controllers feel like a like personal test towards us at this point. Like, will this make my hands sweat? Can my hands can my hands sweat? This is the <laughs> ultimate test. Are there any sweat glands in these puppies? We'll find out when <laughs> when they're mashed up against plastic fur for a whole gaming session. Uh, like also like if you win them, does it come with, like, care instruction? Like, how do you keep that clean? You can't, like... Yeah. You can't, like, dunk it in water. It's an electronic device. Does the does the fur layer... Is it removable? Like, is it, like, a skin that you have to, like, put <laughs> on the Xbox more. controller? <laughs> like, it's a little... It's a fursuit for your Xbox controller. Oh, no, it is a, a fursuit for your just, Xbox controller. This is what the... This is the future Wait. the furries want! <laughs> You have to know, right? They probably for sure were like, can we put the Xbox in a fursuit? And someone's like, it'll explode. And they're like, all right, well, I'm just saying, that'd be, we to really sell it, if we could put it in a half blue, half red fursuit, that'd really sell it. Yeah, I can't stress enough that it needs, it has air vents for a reason. I just typed the words Xbox for Sona. Why? <laughs> I just had to know if someone has made a fursona for the Xbox. Absolutely. The answer's absolutely absolutely this is actually kind of cute wait this is kind of cute you're not a child there's a fursona for there's a for i can almost guarantee the the 
concept of a podcast has a fursona. Not like a specific <laughs> podcast, like just the concept, the of, concept a pod- of a podcast. The concept of a podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Xbox fursona. <laughs> It's got the Xbox logo on its thighs. Why why is there a shopping one? Oh, there's the Switch as well. There's a Switch one that's like a dog with big bitties. Um, (laughs) When you said dog, I was like, I was like, you know how the um, Switch like controller kind of looks like a puppy. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's like that. And then you were like, with big bitties. I was like, "Uh oh. I mean, it is. That's definitely what they're going for. Is like the face looks like a Switch, and then. The rest of the controller are the biddies. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm not saying tits. We can, if you're not over we 18, can say leave. tits. Tits. It's fine. I'm uh, scrolling down this image search and I found the furry. Oh, wait, does the furry Sonic? Wait, okay. Uh, what? Furry Sonic controller. I think it, there's a special Xbox with it. Wait. Yeah, there is. Oh, I don't I think didn't it's the furry it. Xbox. It has though. a ring? It has a yeah. ring. Oh. Yeah, it's really, it's super cool. The, oh ex- the Xbox looks like you would think it would look, everyone. The yes. Xbox has, like, a ring, and that's where the air vent is instead of on top. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, just literally promo art from the movie of Sonic and Knuckles. Which um, is great. It's a good image. That's what you think the controllers would be, and I cannot trust enough. The controllers are <laughs> very much not that. Um, Not even remotely are they that. <laughs> They're just furry. They don't say Sonic on them anywhere no. also the fur is long enough to yes. cover like the d-pad like i don't know if these function like are they just for like get- to ensure that people know you won so like someone doesn't make a mock because like you can make that if you like know how to like do screen printing and stuff you can make that xbox if you wanted to at yeah home. well the uh, gold ring is kind of yeah. that's a little special yeah then you could find a metal worker but like, you're not going to recreate those controllers for sure. Uh, I don't know. Fursuiters, they're pretty talented. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really love this article about the controllers I have pulled up. It's into the sweepstakes. Get your hands on those controllers. If you're really sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Are like, you have you considered? Sure? Have you, like, talked to someone about that? Have you thought about your life and your choices and the fact that you do things mainly just for clout these days because it's all that we have anymore? <laughs> wow. These are, um, do they come in this case? I'm pretty Whoa, sure. This the big gold ring case? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. This is fascinating. I everything, thought I had researched everything to this. deal with the control deal with like the sweepstakes is neat. Yeah. Except the <laughs> controllers are horrifying. Um, if you want to enter this sweepstakes, you have until April 4th to go to Xbox's Twitter and reach. There's a tweet they made about the whole contest, and you have to retweet that, and you'll be entered to win. Like the same day this got announced, like these furry controllers got announced, Xbox also announced these like really cute pastel ones. Oh, like, I missed that. Seen- I was oh, too busy. Those? I was too busy in the Sonic hole. You were. I don't like that sentence. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm gonna send these to you, uh, Messenger, Austin. That's me. Oh, that's a link. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'll you know. Did I just? Oh, I just sent you this. Wait, this is, no wait. Don't click it. Don't click that. That's just the Why Google not, link. Why not? Why not? 
No, that's just the Google link for the search. I'm a dummy. Oh. I've never used the internet before. Here's the Forbes article. <laughs> and if you scroll down in the Forbes article, there will be... Oh, they're really pretty. Aren't they pretty? I like, just I got know. myself a custom controller, too. Damn. Yeah, no, these are like... I'm not an Xbox gamer, but the like swirly... Per- I don't know which one I like the best. They're all great. I like the one that looks like lemonade. Like pink yeah, lemonade. that one's really cool. They all like evoke like... um. Don't eat this vibes. <laughs> but eat it. But like just, maybe. <laughs> just like taste it a little bit. It's fine. Don't worry about forbidden, it. Forbidden Easter forbidden. candy. Yeah, really. All right. What we is our next it. piece of news? Our next piece of news. We need to go back to March 17th, 1997. Wow. What was I doing? Was Pokemon out? Yes. Pokemon was out. Pokemon yes. was out. And a cartoon tsunami is about to hit the airwaves. Oh. <gasps> A cartoon tsunami? A Some might call it tsunami. <laughs> if you might, if you would, <laughs> as I jump on your joke, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about tsunami today. Yeah. Oh, that's the topic. That's Wait, the is topic. it a topic? That's oh! the topic. Got you. You thought you got me. I got you. Yeah, you were like, hey, there's some, there's some more tsunami news. I'm like, neat. And you were like, hey, that's the whole topic. <laughs> whole topic. Um, holes loose it all comes together <laughs> this whole show is we we tell we say it's not scripted we're fucking liars the whole loose. tip to toe all we pl- totally planned for that we holes guy sonic it. hole tsunami anyway tsunami uh is an action cartoon block primarily that used to primarily air in the afternoons featuring reruns of action adventure cartoons initially from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. targeting younger viewers seeing these shows for the first time and teens who had nostalgia while watching these shows whoa so when Tsunami first got started the original host was Moltar um from the Space yeah. Ghost show Moltar uh, Moltar he he uh hosted it from Ghost Planet Studios um <laughs> And if you've seen Tsunami, it's pretty much the same, except Moltar did it. Uh, he didn't have his, he didn't have a lot of personality pizzazz. He pretty much just like announced the show, and that was kind of it. Um, mm-hmm. The first ever Tsunami lineup was as follows it was Thundercats, Cartoon Roulette, Voltron, and then another episode of Cartoon Roulette, and then it ended with the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. So they pretty much just used stuff in the Hanna Barbera library already for this mm-hmm. block. Uh, do you know what Cartoon Roulette is? I don't think I do. Is it like a random cartoon or is it like a mashup of cartoons? It is a random cartoon. Uh, oh. And the cartoon a lot from Cartoon Network featured a lot of older stuff. I, this is not everything. It's like a whole list of like older Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. So it had stuff like Space Ghost. It had the Herculoids, 1940s Superman, um, and a bunch of other stuff. I did this. That list is not exhaustive. It's like everything it's just like you get the idea it's like older cartoons even older than like some of the other cartoons they were showing mm-hmm. um i want to just... say really quick that yeah. um angel is rubbing up against my microphone and so if like my audio sounds fucked, that's why. <laughs> what's really wild is i like don't hear anything yeah you can't hear anything because like it's through my airpods instead of my good beautiful mm. microphone so what is this gonna sound like in post i i'll find out but yeah he's I purring. I'm, <laughs> I'm scratching his little head he's purring he's rubbing against the mic uh the original architects of toonami the creators so to speak mm-hmm. i had to burp oh no excuse me uh were 
Sean Akins? Atkins? Nope, you think it's Atkins. There's no T. It's Akins. Huh. Yeah, I, I, my whole notes say Atkins, and then I, like, watch an interview of him, and it popped up, and there's no T, and I was like, wait a fucking second, and then I, like, fa- I defend his, like, LinkedIn, he didn't have a Wikipedia, which <laughs> made me Atkins. feel weird, <laughs> me feel, so, it's just Akins, A-K-I-N-S. So it's essentially how Michiganders pronounce the name anyways, because we never say the T in Atkins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and Jason DeMarco, um, their quest to create this action adventure block came from Mike Lazo, who was the head of Cartoon Programming at the time. Um, Mike Lazo is wholly responsible pretty much for like the entirety of modern day Cartoon Network, how we understand it. Uh, what, I mean, he was the head of programming, so that makes sense. But he also was the spearhead behind Adult Swim getting made. He was the spearhead behind Tanami getting made. He, his like tenure at Cartoon Network was heavily influential he just left in 2019 um so he was steering the ship for a really long time uh so if you like cartoons from cartoon network you probably have mike lazo to thank for even being on the air um he had a reputation for taking risks for telling people to take risks and not following any of the rules he was given to by the other executives oh. um which will come up later in this where he's he's pretty like just do it and i'll deal with whatever they're mad about later yeah. Uh, which is nice to have as an in-between if you're an artist, right? Because you just don't like, want to make the thing, and you have someone telling you to make the thing, and they're like, I'll listen to the rich people complain about it later. Yeah, like you have someone who has your back and like wants to get your like new ideas out there in the world. Mm-hmm. So Toonami replaced Power Zone, which Power Zone used to be a late night block, but mm-hmm. Power Zone then replaced... So before Power Zone, there was Afternoon Adventures, which was Toonami's flagship afternoon block uh all of these pretty much showed similar types of shows like old Hanna-Barbera shows um Mm -hmm. Power Zone did feature some like very obscure anime uh and then also Power Zone before it was done which featured stuff like Speed Racer, Super Friends, and the Fantastic Four cartoon because it Mm -hmm. was like an action block um one of the shows that Power Zone featured was the Centurions which I had never heard of before in my life oh yeah uh it was like four you know four dudes and they were like robot superheroes like they were like robot mech suits do you did you watch this so i didn't watch centurions but i feel like it came up while i was working at the comic book store Mm. i feel like so i like i know of it it. did the comic come out because there was a comic that was toonami presents and there was a bunch of toonami like quote-unquote toonami shows and the host for the comic was multar I feel like I've encountered that comic in my grading at some point. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. I have no memory of what this is. Mm-hmm. Oh, in a comic book series by DC Comics. Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Because DC, Cartoon Network, you know, all, it's all under the WB umbrella, mm-hmm. uh, which I think a lot of people forget and is just really wild that they own so much shit. They own so yeah. many things. I mean, so does so do a lot of their competitors. Um, but between Warner Brothers and Disney, they just, like, they, like, own anything you probably like if it's not Nickelodeon. Yeah, people, like, give, like, Warner Brothers a pass. They're like, Disney's the big one. And I'm like, Warner Brothers is also very large. Warner Brothers got that old money, too. Yeah, like, they've been around forever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're, they're like, like, yeah, Disney, like, probably makes more now, but... I swear WB is like, that's fucking cute, young blood. You have no idea. Yeah. 
I was out here dodging taxes in the 40s. <laughs> Warner Brothers is like playing the long game. Absolutely. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what it is, but they, they got some kind of bullshit up their sleeve between that AT&T. Anyway, that's a different episode. Um, <laughs> so Toonami originally had the like code name Super Adventures. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Lazo is like, hey, Sean. I want you to make an action adventure vlog. How does that sound? Sean at the time was working at, he was working between Cartoon Network and TNT because same company. Again, wild, yeah. right? But you didn't know that listener. The same company. Um, and Sean was like, yeah, it sounds great. Uh, he was really excited. He really enjoyed action. Let's, he got asked because he enjoyed cartoons. Um, Sean would then in turn hire on Jason to like help him make the thing. Uh, Jason was also working at TNT at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had cubicles kind of near each other is how they like got the talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is me talking about Sean and Jason. So, uh, Sean would eventually go on to help create Adult Swim again under Mike Lazo's request. Uh, Jason would go to Adult Swim to help him with Adult Swim. Jason is now the senior vice president of Adult Swim and the head of programming there. Uh, cause technically Adult Swim is not Cartoon Network. Yeah. Uh, it is a separate companies. entity and they just share a net, a, on most providers, they share a channel, and some they don't. That's which so is, weird. Yeah, even more wild. Uh, I forget which one. It was for a while, like, DirecTV, they weren't the same. Like, Adult Swim was a different channel than Cartoon Network. Oh, uh, And during the day, Adult Swim just, like, it was, like, paid programming, and then Adult Swim would happen, and on Cartoon Network, they would play, like, Boomerang. That's uh, super weird. Yeah, it's very weird, because, in, like, in other countries, it's the same way. Like, in other countries, Adult Swim is not the same channel. I guess that would, like, solve the issue of, like, falling asleep as a child watching sweet, lovable cartoons and waking up to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Metalocalypse. Like, even in college, I did it one time in college, I wasn't feeling well, and I fell asleep Mm. watching Adventure Time, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, like, I woke up, and, like, it was just one of those really trippy, like, live-action ones, and I was, like, feeling ill, and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, kind of feverish, and just being Mm -hmm. like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah, What, what is going on? Um... So the song story eventually ends with Cartoon Network. He goes on to make his own production company and does stuff. Uh, Jason's still around. Like I said, he's working for Adult Swim now. That's important for later. Let's go back to the now. And by now, I mean we're going back to 1989. Um, we're not alive then. We're not alive yet. And Toonami's also not alive yet. But And Cartoon Network's not alive yet. But something important's going on. And as much as I hate him, it's The Simpsons. Um, Matt Groening or Groening, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. I've never had to say it. <laughs> I always thought it was Groening, and someone's like, "It's Groening," and I'm like, "You're like, no." Huh. I choose to continue <laughs> to be wrong about this. <laughs> um, but The Simpsons and a lot of other animations, things that are happening around them. You have classic Shufa out there doing stuff, and essentially, people are seeing that animation is. This is specifically for the U.S. because animation. And other countries already knows this, but they're like, maybe cartoons aren't just for, like, little kids. <gasps> what a concept. Huh. And huh. as soon as that happened, when Cartoon Network got started, they're like, listen, older kids and teenagers fucking love The Simpsons and all that shit. We need to reach mm-hmm. that market if we're going to be like, but if we're going to be the Cartoon Network, we have to reach all of the markets for our cartoons. Yep. Um, so Toonami was also the first, try to, first time to try to reach out and do franchising. Because until then, they were just using Hanna-Barbera library stuff or original content made in car- like made for Cartoon Network. They had never mm-hmm. reached out to like air someone else's cartoons. Or um, heaven forbid anime. <laughs> heaven forbid. Um 
see when Toonami first started again they were mostly showing still Hanna Barbera stuff um they hadn't really branched out and yet when I said in 1987 because that takes time so mm-hmm. in 1998 it starts to look a little bit more like we like we know it um you get Sailor Moon Sailor Moon arrives in May May or June May or June of 1998 uh DBZ arrives in August of 1998, and there's also Robotech, um, Robotech. which I didn't look up a lot about. <laughs> I, I, oh. I, say, I don't know a lot about Robotech. I remember it exists. Yeah, Robotech is its own bonkers thing. <laughs> uh, but they got some anime. Look at that. Uh, Whoa! It's The kids think it's cool. Teens think it's cool. It's, anime's becoming bigger. It's becoming more mainstream. Because again, before Toonami started showing anime... You couldn't just like watch anime. You mm-hmm. could watch Pokemon. Uh, I mean, they did, and I should say they did have, you know, like Astro Boy and Speed Racer and like other things that are like, by definition, anime. They are Japanese yeah. animation. Uh, but they didn't have what like I think most modern anime fans would recognize as anime. Yeah, like with Speed Racer and um, Astro Boy, people didn't really perceive that as being like any different than any other cartoon. Mm hmm. Because it was so like heavily localized that it just felt like another cartoon. Mm-hmm. So no one um, really like if you sometimes if you tell people like yeah Speed Racer is Japanese they're like hey, what <laughs> yeah absolutely, absolutely fucking not <laughs> excuse me what <laughs> um but the other big thing that Toonami was doing is they were keeping original storylines and content somewhat there's still a lot of editing going on but mm-hmm. it's not to the point of like a Speed Racer where like you get a like 45 second clip of just his face being surprised because they cut out a crash or something (laughs) (laughs) and people just think like oh speed racer is like bad and cheese i was like no they made it like that because they're like well kids can't see people like die in car crashes a lot of people die in speed racer (laughs) it is like not a it is not what you remember it is it's a very (laughs) it's a very violent racing show His car produces saw blades. What do you think those are for? Yeah, what do you think the saw blades do? Cut down trees to help out the loggers? <laughs> like, why do you why do you think some of the cars have guns? Why do you what what the are they? Cars have guns! <laughs> what this do is, guns it's, do? It's like some kind of it's like fucking like death race is speed racer. Um yeah. but we're getting anime. Uh we're getting <laughs> anime to keep some of its content we're getting the original story we're, they're keeping the original storylines um i know sailor moon had a lot more edits than dbz um mm-hmm. and i think it's because sailor moon like felt lighter than dbz um you know i know a lot of people see is like back then not so much honestly but it to ex- an executive is like oh this is like the girl show uh yeah and so i'm guessing that's probably what led to more edits on it is sexism uh because DBZ was, like, violent as shit. Like, I, dude gets a hole blown in him in, like, the mid-season finale. Yeah. <laughs> like, people like people die, they get brought back to life, maybe that's what it is. Because, like, the first, the, like, original showing of Sailor Moon's, like, season one finale, like, they all die. They literally, mm-hmm. literally die for Serena, uh, for Usagi, um, to, yeah. like, have, so she can finish her mission. And then she dies, like, fulfilling her, like prophecy or whatever and then there's like a fade and then they fade back in and they're all like back home but don't remember anything like literally don't remember each other don't remember their sailor don't remember any of it uh it really feels like they were trying to market it for like a younger demographic because they Mm -hmm. wanted to hit that sweet sweet doll 
Yeah. They're um, like, we gotta get that doll, and parents are gonna let their kids watch these five teenage girls die. <laughs> teenagers just fucking beef it. Whereas, like, like with Dragon Ball Z, it's just like, eh, boys can watch whatever violence they want. Yeah, exactly. Or buy action figures, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's the violence. Uh, <clears throat> but, in those early days, they didn't really, so like, you know, Sean and Jason talk about it in this in the various interviews. Like things were pretty tough. There was like no money to do anything, uh, mm-hmm. and anytime they were given money to do something, you had to like jump at it. They yeah. so originally, um, the original launch of Toonami took about eight to twelve months to get ready. Uh, they had Moltar. Moltar was voiced by Clay Croker, who did Moltar in like Space Ghost Host to Host. He had like taken over the role from I forget the original voice actor for Moltar. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, he was animated using CG because it was cheap. Because you don't have to pay someone to, like, animate a bunch of hand-drawn stuff. Yeah. Uh, and this is just a show, like, originally, DeMarco and Akins wanted... They wanted an AI and a teenage girl to be the host. And they were told, no and no. Because <laughs> uh, it'd be too... They were like, it'd be too expensive. We're not going to pay for two voices. Oh, my God. Uh, and also, a lot of the shows they wanted, they were told, no, because it costs too much. Uh, we don't have money for that. Um... So, when the USA Network, who had the rights to Sailor Moon, for whatever fucking reason that was... <laughs> USA which, was just doing some weird <laughs> shit in the 90s. They, they just, like, didn't know what they wanted to be. They're like, are we gonna show 7th Heaven? Are we gonna be, like... I don't think they've ever figured it out. What is that channel? They don't know. It's like a teen drama channel now, mostly. Is it? Yeah. USA is a teen drama... <laughs> it's also not USA anymore. What? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of ABC Family. Oh, Never mind. Okay. You're right. What USA is- still doesn't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. It's, is it still out there? Yeah. They mostly show... I think they do... Re- no, they do original reruns content, of, too. Reruns of Psych. They do reruns... No, now it's reruns of SVU. Oh, because they have just endless, endless, endless. episodes of SVU. It's, it's like you turn it on, they're like, and welcome back to the SVU Marathon. They make it seem like it's special, and it's like, this is every fucking day on this channel. This every is just the day. only show you have the rights to, and they're like, we're showing every episode of SVU in order, and it takes like 20 years, because yeah. whew, it it's just won't end. <laughs> wild. Um, but USA let the rights lapse on Sailor Moon, and a, C- a Cartoon Network exec was like, hey, we can get the rights for you if you tell me, and they were like, without a beat, yes, uh, cause it was, they were like, we have money to get a show. Um, they couldn't remember who said it. They were like, they both were like, it's probably, it was probably Mike. Um, but they couldn't remember for sure. Uh, and then later on they got DBZ. So when we first got DBZ, it, DBZ had already run by 1988. Um, so they ran all the reruns of the English job that they could. Mm-hmm. And the rating, the ratings were so impressive. It convinced Funimation to rehire the english dub actors to finish the series that's so wild can you imagine like you like worked on a project and you're like oh that's all they were gonna do bye and then you go off and do your own shit for years and yeah. they're like hey can you come back and be goku again and yeah. then now you're gonna be goku forever forever <laughs> you're goku now uh not only did they convince funimation to do this funimation gave them the exclusive episode rights Oh my god! So the only place you could watch New Dragon Ball Z was Toonami. They they got it first, and then like later you could buy like the VHSs and the DVDs or whatever. But no one else got it. They didn't air it anywhere else. Um, they didn't even put it up on their website once that was up and going because it's like late. You know, it's nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. Like websites are coming online. Uh, yeah, you could only watch it on Toonami because they were that impressed. That wow. is 
that I cannot express to people, giving someone exclusive rights to anything is like, that is... Bananas. I That is like, if you're in the world of like programming, you probably cry. Because mm-hmm. once you give someone exclusive rights, they're saying, I don't care if I lose money on ads. Because if you sell it to people, like... You're like, hey, who wants Pokemon? We'll give it to the next 10 people, you know? Because I just want to make money on these fucking ads you're going to play for me. Yeah. Uh, So exclusive rights is like, I believe that you are the best person to, like, hold this brand for me. Um, Which to, like, a lay person may not seem like a lot, but I'm like, it's a lot for that to be entrusted to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked about they had no money. Uh, Oh, so they had no money. Uh, But the other thing that the other side of it was like, they were always pushed to like do whatever they wanted to. They weren't, there wasn't really, no one was like looking at them in terms of execs or any overhead. Like they were pretty much just given free reign to like whatever they wanted to, how many be like, just do it. And if there was no money, like you couldn't do it, but like do, do what you can with what you have and whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, which they said, let it grow so organically into like kind of what they wanted it to be. But each it's like, it was like hot and cold because also, uh, I, Atkins, who was the, like, head, so to speak, like, he was in charge and he had hired Jason on to help with him. Um, each week, he'd go to the meetings with all the heads of Cartoon Network. Uh, then he'd come find Jason in, like, the TNT wing of the building, because, again, mm-hmm. all same fucking company. Um, <laughs> all under Jason, that Ted Turner umbrella. His giant, giant cowboy hat. I don't think, I'll say, if you don't know who Ted Turner is, if you're, like, listening and you're not in America and you, <laughs> you're like, who the fuck? If you've seen Fairly Odd Parents, the character Doug Dimidone <laughs> is based off of Ted Turner, and it's not that far off. He's a guy. He has his fingers in all the pies. He has. He actually does have that mustache. <laughs> yes. His hat is not that big, but he does have a hat. And he does have a hat. He does like to name stuff after himself. He fucking loves it. He loves that shit. <laughs> the fact he didn't name it Turner Cartoon Network is like... Ted Tuner channel. <laughs> someone, someone had to be like holding him back. He's like, we can name it Turner Network. And they're like, we already did that. He's like, no. <laughs> we already have Turner Classic Movies. What more do you want? <laughs> Turner Entertainment. We already, have, we already have TNT, which stands for Turner <laughs> Network. <laughs> I thought, hey, did you know Turner Network stood for Turner? TNT was Turner Network. And it, I am furious because there's not another T. You can't, you can't just do that. I know it's so funny. Oh, okay, wait. It's actually Turner Network Television. Oh, sorry. Never mind. As you were, as you were, Ted Turner. (laughs) Okay, you're being humbled. (laughs) (laughs) My apologies, sir. I know you listen to every podcast that mentions your name. I hope you have a pleasant evening. I know that someone has summoned you from from your throne. So you can keep track of what people are saying about you. <laughs> wow. He's he's alive, right? I'm gonna feel bad. Is he alive? Wait, okay. Uh Turner. I didn't I don't remember him, but I don't I wouldn't be tracking that. He does look like Doug Dimidome. He just is Doug Dimidome. And I just realized he's the Timmy's Timmy Turner. That's not on accident. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon really had it out for that guy, huh? They were really yeah, mad about everyone on Network. The, everyone on the Fairly Odd Parents team was just like, okay, here's the rules. Um, no one can find out Timmy has fairies, and everything in this has to be a slight a slight <laughs> against Ted Turner. <laughs> um, I think anyway, he's alive. Each, 
each week, uh, each week, Akins would return from meetings with the heads, like I was talking about, and Jason would be like, "How'd it go?" And Jason and Sean would be like, "I don't know if we're gonna be on the air next week. Every single week, um, because they were so unsure about them. They, this was like such an experimental thing, and it, they wanted it to be like an action cartoon block, but now they're like franchising and they're picking up these like weird anime cartoon things. Um, and again, so this is like where you like are lucky if you found a VHS of an anime. What anime? Yeah. I don't know. You can buy it though exactly like you find an anime and it's like there's no description on the back you're like well what is it (laughs) yeah i guess i'll watch it and find out um which i'm glad we're past that because i know i've heard a lot of like horror stories of like of like parents who had like kids that were into anime to get them something like oh this is porn oops because there was there's no description and like nothing's like you know like the ham taro's in there with like golden boy (laughs) yeah like there's it's just like it's just like here you go here's some anime we ripped off of a vhs it was complete anarchy everything's so easy now (laughs) yeah it's so easy and it's easy in part because of tsunami um so in 1999 tsunami had the biggest windfall of its like creation the biggest windfall probably for american anime fans and the biggest windfall i think they'll get this whole their whole run <laughs> so listen to this shit yes ba- bandai you know them oh little, yes yes a l- little company yeah i've heard of them in passing uh, <laughs> very small company <laughs> they call they call up Cartoon network to get a meeting with sean and jason hmm <laughs> And they're like, you see what you're doing with this here, uh, Toonami thing? We'd like to offer you the exclusive rights to air Gundam Wing. Yo! What? So, like, I knew that's, like, how I got into Gundam. Because that, so the first time Gundam airs is later, is the next year, because it takes him to get the stuff up and running, because they had to dub Mm -hmm. it, because it didn't have a dub. Um, March 6th of the year 2000 is when America found out about Gundam, essentially. Uh... And I didn't realize it was like that big. A, it was like this exclusive thing, and I, like they made they made this dub to air on Toonami, Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Bandai was looking to, they wanted to sell Gundam kits in the states. Like Gundam kits are a huge deal. Gundam yeah. is at that point for twenty years have been one of the biggest, if not the biggest, brands in Japan. To this day, it's still fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure in kit sales alone, it's still like is the titan of all toy sales in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, there's such a hobby around like building kits of customizing kits of like, you don't, there are people who don't even watch Gundam who are just like, they have their favorite Gundam model because they're so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't. So I, I love Gundam kits. I have never seen a Gundam in my life, but That's I see a wild. cool robot. Yeah. I've never seen Gundam in my life. Um, I see a cool robot and I'm like, yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> So Jason Jason DeMarco is particularly excited about this because he was a huge anime fan and a huge fan of big robots. Mm-hmm. Who is And it? he knew Gundam existed. He had heard it talked about on the wind. It was <laughs> impossible to find Gundam in the States because it had never aired here. So there wasn't dubs. There weren't people selling it because there's no market for it. They didn't send it here. Um, that is so funny that you could just like hear rumors, like little whisperings about this like About a thing that robot. exists. It's like... Yeah. In the different countries, like, the biggest, like, you're like, what's Gundam? And they, they laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, go to Japan and you're just like, what the hell are these? And they're like, someone just looks at you like, they're Gundam, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> are you fucking high? I know you Americans like drugs. 
<laughs> I know you're always weeded up, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said the best. He said the best luck he had was at a convention once. He found the VHS of an illegal fan subbing that the table shouldn't have even sold to him. And even that was only half an episode, and then the other half was corrupted, and he's not even sure if the fan subs are right. Oh my god. <laughs> like, that was it. Uh, he Gundam fell in Wing, love with Gundam on Vibes Alone. <laughs> vibes Alone. He was like, big robots in anime. How could it go wrong? I just love the vibe. This is, this is perfect. Uh, just like me, you know? Just, you give me an anime pitch, I'm like, that sounds like I'd like it. I'll watch it. Truly, yeah. Uh, Gundam Wing went on to become their biggest hit, period. Uh wow. Gundam Wing outperformed Dragon Ball Z. It outperformed Sailor Moon. Incredible. Among the children audience, among the, like, uh, what's kid in the ratings are, what, like, 8 to 10 or something? 8 to 11? Uh, on Toonami. Mm -hmm. Among teenagers, Gundam Wing was the highest rated television show on all of Cartoon Network and television at the time. Yo, what? Every, every single child was watching Gundam. They were no oh longer watching Pokemon. It was all about Gundam. Um, except for me. I'm except for you. Watching. You were like, fuck it. <laughs> Where was I? Who knows? Yeah, out like there 2000. And I was like, I remember watching Gundam Wing and I remember, like, I think it's the close, like, it's one of the only times in my life where, like, everyone in school I was with, like, knew, at least knew it was on Toonami. Um, and they had their times and they knew, like, when they tune in and when they tune out because it was mm -hmm. four to seven and everything was the same time every day. Uh, and they'd be like, oh, well, you know, it's Wednesday, so DBZ's a rerun, so I need to watch that so I can watch, like, whatever, like, Rugrats or whatever, and then I'll go back to Tsunami when the new episode of Sailor Moon's out. And it was, like, such a phenomena. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, while this is all going on, we have the first era of Tsunami with Tom. <gasps> Tom! Uh, instead of Moltar. So it's no longer in the studio. Now it's in Tom's spaceship, which is the spaceship Ghosts. Ghost Spaceship Absolution. Uh, <laughs> That's a very Shadow the Hedgehog-esque Yes, name. it is. It's very Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> I guess Shadow the Hedgehog is very Tom, because this is first. Yeah, Because we're in 1999. Shadow wishes he was Tom. <laughs> That's, they have very, they're both in space. They both get killed. Wait There's a second. There's both many versions of them. Is Tom just is Tom Shadow, just the, Shadow Hedgehog? the Hedgehog? Did someone, someone from, like, Sega of Japan was, like, here watching Toonami and was just like, holy shit, look at this holy guy. He, he, hey, I don't think they can prove they didn't do that. Truly. I think at this point, there's nothing that can be done. But I'm not saying that they did not see Tom in um, Just started feverishly drawing, like, what if this guy was a hedgehog? <laughs> Let me make this guy a persona really quick. Yeah. Um, so there's Tom. Tom stands for Tsunami Operations Manager. That's off the dome. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Feels right. Uh, it is. Um, why do I have that in my head still? <laughs> <laughs> you have the important things in your noggin, that's like the real really name important. of Tom. <laughs> yeah. That's that'll. That's what's gonna really improve my life. Um. <laughs> anyway, Tom is not Steve Blum. Yeah, I know a lot of people associate Tom with Steve Blum, but he's actually voiced by Sunny Street. Or straight, straight, it's probably straight, straight to uh, be the first voice. Sonny also did voice work on the English dub of DBZ. Oh. Uh, that's how he got roped in, because they knew him, because DBZ <laughs> is making more for Toonami, so they were like buddy-buddy with Funimation, and they needed a new voice, so they call up Sonny. Uh, so oh. it, it is 
Tom is here. It's July 1999, and it's time for Toonami to put to take it to the next level. This is also when we get Toonami Midnight Run. Ooh. <laughs> uh, this is where my favorite, this was like my favorite Toonami thing. Um, it was, it's the saying I like still have that repeats in my head is sleep is for the week. Um, which is what Tom would say to you when like the midnight run was happening. Um, the midnight run was mm-hmm. originally a five hour Saturday evenings from 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. Technically that's Sunday, but pff, <laughs> the, the day changes when you go to sleep. So shut up. <laughs> Someone's going to be like, oh, so did you stay up for Friday? And No. Okay, you know what I mean when I say that. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it aired like that until March of next year. And in March, it moved to weeknights and it was shortened to one hour. Oh. Uh, the Midnight Run had shows like Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Outlaw Star, uh, all shows that they aired during the daytime. Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. They just aired Outlaw Star in the middle of the day? Yes. Outlaw Star aired on the middle of the day in Toonami. Oh, good lord. <laughs> it, was, it was heavily edited. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but listen, you get to double dip here because you air it during the day and then you air it again for the midnight run, but now uncut. So all the cool kids like, I got to sleep and watch it uncut. I got um, to see them. Which uh, I got ev- to see the blood cut. <laughs> yeah. Every, I'm telling you right now, every single friend I had thought, I mean, we would see boobs one time and that's not, that's not going to happen. It just meant there you was like can- blood and they swore a little yeah. bit. You still like. You, you, yeah, you just can't see a titty on TV. I'm you sorry. Can't, you can't do. I should say sci-fi's. Uh, when they did anime, they were wild, and they did have titties <laughs> on their uncut stuff. Which is wild because that's just straight. That's just cable. Like, don't you? There's rules, and you're breaking the rules. And I see a whole tit, excuse, <laughs> and a nipple. Excuse me. <laughs> it's like um, Tuka and Birdie is on Adult Swim right now, and the first mm. season of Tuka and Birdie ran on Netflix. So the mm. whole like the opener had titties in it. Like there was titties on a building. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of titties in that show. Mm-hmm. So then they like made new episodes for Adult Swim, but they like there were still titties, but they were blurred out. <laughs> That's incredible. It's like, I was like, huh, this seems kind of like a diminished experience. Maybe I should wait for this to be streaming somewhere. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, that's also them saying, like, they, they're like, listen, we're going to get picked up somewhere again. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll see the titties. We promise. What? Really? <gasps> <laughs> uh, they also had shows like Voltron and The Big O. Which is the <laughs> most sexual name for an anime that is about <laughs> robots in, li- in like, my entire world. The Big O is like pretty tame, but you tell anyone like, "Oh yeah, I was watching the Big O." They're like, "What? What the? What? F- what? what the fuck? <laughs> what?" The, You're like, that- "No, it's a it's a big robot, and there's like this Bruce Wayne motherfucker with an android <laughs> it's just, wife." It's just he's just Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's like, and it's, they're like. Is that, does that stand for orgasm? Orgasm? Is the O for orgasm? It's like, no, I think it's the name of the robot. <laughs> it, which is so fucking weird. It has, like, weird, like, uh, coffee press arm punch move. It was a weird anime. I wasn't super into it. Uh, but it was on the Midnight Run. Uh, typically, the, the Midnight Run, they would also go into show, like, uh, Trigun and Cowboy Bebop. Um, the Midnight Run typically feature more blood and violence. And then... Mm-hmm. They were, uh, for Gundam Wing, they aired all of Gundam Wing uncut on the Midnight Run, and eventually also showed the Gundam Wing movie. Um, The Midnight Run also started another tradition with Toonami, which was music videos. Uh Oh! So, bands that were making animated music videos, like, Toonami is the shit. Like, Toonami is where you go if you want to be cool. Fuck MTV. All the teens 
that are convincing their parents to spend money or watching Toonami, that's where we need to be. That's where we go if mm-hmm. we want to be cool. Uh, that's where we want to be. <laughs> so Daft Living Punk. in the Cartoon Network Toonami block. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a cartoon cartoon. Um, I should say this one on like, eventually like other bands just premiered music videos doing normal Cartoon Network. I don't know if you remember <laughs> when they would show music videos of Bumpers. I do. Uh, that all happened because of Toonami. Uh, so Daft Punk at the time is like not Daft Punk. They they are like this yeah. is their first album, their first music videos. They've made their first two, and they approach Toonami like, "Hey, we want to premiere our next two music videos on your channel. Can we do that?" Um, the Gorillas when they came out would do this. They premiered Clint East. The Clint East music video premiered on Toonami during the Midnight Run. This is so wild that like a band would like not have their music video on MTV during this era. No. And and premiering it, it again, it is in the middle in of the, the middle fucking of the night. night. And they're like the rating the ratings were so high that they were like, well this is where I should drop my video then. Yeah. This is where it's at from now on for a couple Wild. Of years. Absolutely bananas. Like just the hot place work. to be is Cartoon Network in the middle of the fucking night. <laughs> right? During the day the show's Bugs Bunny babies. <laughs> It was it was such a weird dichotomy for to have, especially as like growing up through it. And I was in someone who stayed up for it. Like I remember sitting on the couch in the living room and like telling my like I'm staying up to watch anime, like to watch cartoons. I didn't know to call it an- like I didn't really anime wasn't really a word we had. Still. Yeah, it was um, Japanimation. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. It was called. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was a it was a section on the on demand. Yep, it was. <laughs> Oh, it no. wasn't anime. It was Japanimation. <laughs> Why did they let us do that? <laughs> I don't know. It hurts to think about. Like it's like, yeah, when we were kids, we just didn't know what anime was. Tell that to any ten-year-old these days. Just like, can you imagine a world without Naruto? Because I can. Because <laughs> I lived whole what fourteen years of my life without knowing what a Naruto was. <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so they, they they had special midnight runs that were just music videos. Wow. Because so many bands were approaching with their like animating music videos, because that's like as animation becomes cheaper to make, as like you get CG, more ways to like speed up animation process, like more and more bands are doing it because it's cheaper than like flying a whole bunch of people and getting extras and shit for like a set. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for like the gorillas, they are an animated band, and Daft Punk, their whole thing is like you never see us. Mm-hmm. Uh so Toonami is the place to be they are cool they are hip they are now high schoolers love tsunami the younger kids who've grown up watching tsunami they're becoming teenagers love tsunami tsunami is the shit everyone's watching and that means yeah. parents are watching too oh no god oh no fuck the parents oh jeez. oh no they're coming oh my god um so i remember there being parental backlash because like for my friend's parents and i remember news reports i couldn't find any hard evidence of like national news talking about tsunami um yeah all i have is like from jason demarco and sean atkins of like you know a lot of they're like it was really weird to see us written about in like the new york times uh and i couldn't i couldn't like find that i be- i believe them i'm sure they did get written about in the new york times uh but i couldn't like find anything written on them or tsunami from that time period i could find like stuff that was pretty recent yeah um that i'll talk about in a bit but i couldn't find anything from then but i remember like in my personal life like Dragon Ball Z is violent. Very violent. Uh, um, 
<laughs> like that is pretty it's pretty much 20 minutes of two dudes beating the shit out of each other every night. Yeah, that's really I mean there's there is more but um the majority is uh, just fighting and flashbacks. Like yeah. uh, um I remember there's like an episode of Dragon Ball Z someone flips the bird and I remember yeah. seeing that on yeah. Cartoon Network. Yeah. You can't flip the bird on a normal TV station. What is no. happening? <laughs> well, because again, it's a cartoon. Like it it's until it hits this point where we're in, I think we are in like 2000 and 2001 era, 2000 2001, like mm-hmm. people aren't paying attention. It's just more cartoons. Like you've turned yeah. like it's Cartoon Network. Your kids just watch cartoons. Um yeah. it's as it becomes like a fever pitch and as it like gets as it's like toppling ratings you have music videos getting made they have this whole other and like late night animated thing which isn't a thing at the time like kids go to bed like what do you mean you're gonna stay up and watch cartoons at 1 a.m like that that's not a thing like that Mm -hmm. wasn't a thing anyone was doing Uh, unprecedented territory like parents start paying attention uh and then you start paying attention then people are like hey so that dude like punched a hole in a guy (laughs) you watch this every day okay oh this is this is cute those girls have skirts did she just blow that guy up (laughs) (laughs) wow the skirts are a little short oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh robot oh my god the horrors of war (laughs) (laughs) they're they're like decidedly not like a lot of this is like decidedly not for children younger than like 11 or 12 depending on maturity level um but it's it's on them right after school, four to seven. It's on like it's get home from the, school, yeah. do your homework, watch tsunami until it's dinner time. It's back to back with fucking ham taro. <laughs> right? It's like ham taro coming up next on tsunami. Ham taro followed by Gundam Wing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. You know, it's like the emotional whiplash of going from watching a tiny little hamster having tiny little hamster adventures inside of a house to going to the horrors, the real life horrors of war. <laughs> right? It's like, like Gundam Wing is like he- any Gundam is heavy. Every Gundam is the horrors of war, but Gundam Wing is like shit, man. <laughs> it's like war sucks. <laughs> war is bad. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson we needed in this time period truly he's a teenager question mark question mark and he's this is the, go out and fight what excuse me jesus um jesus christ but all of this popularity also comes with something else yes pokemon's exploding oh no pikachu People. guts are everywhere <laughs> that was so that was so i love you i love you so much <laughs> Um, Pokemon's exploding. Yep. Toonami's exploding. Yep. And toy companies are like, they got any toys for these yet? We can make <laughs> some toys. Um, and so DeMarco and Atkins both, they didn't both talk about like, as they, they're the ones who grew the brand. They grew Toonami. They turned it into what it is in this like culture of cool. Mm-hmm. They weren't in charge. Like Cartoon Network is still in charge. They wasn't like they were given like, here is four hours where you're in charge of the network right this is not adult swim like adult swim is that adult swim is like you are in like you are in charge of this we our hands are clean of it yeah. like if people come out it also be like adult swim is literally a separate company <laughs> uh which is always funny because there's always like adult swim to the sake gets attacked by parents is like our kids are watching this and like your kids shouldn't be watching this as a whole disclaimer we do as soon yeah. as Cartoon Network ends. We're also not Cartoon Network. We are decidedly not Cartoon Network. We're just on the same channel. 
We're just having to be like, and they do like a soft like start usually, so they won't yeah. go like straight into like. It's usually like Family it? Guy or yeah. like American Dad or like something like that technically yeah. airs on Fox at like I don't like seven or whatever. Like Bob's like, Burgers, which is like yeah, incredibly tame. <laughs> like, yeah, it's usually like they're like. You're probably still up. You shouldn't be. It's definitely 10 o'clock. You should probably be asleep. <laughs> We're going to give you a little bit of a leeway before we start playing um that one with Pickles the dog. Oh, yeah. I, hate, I, hate, I don't remember the whole title. And I hate that one so uh, much. But now they're getting, they are, the companies are coming in and being like, hey, we want to make a toy and show this cartoon. Here's a big fucking check. And Cartoon Network's like, yeah, sure. Hey, you're going to air this. And they'd be like... We don't really want to show it. We had this other show, and they're like, no, we're not buying that anymore. We're, the, mm-hmm. the plan changed. They would not share, which is fair. Uh, like, Cartoon Network is still a titan in the industry. Um, and I'm sure if they spoke out too negatively, like, mm-hmm. could cause some problems. I mean, Sean just runs his own independent production company. Uh, Jason technically works under the umbrella at William Street for Adult Swim. Like, So I can understand them not being that frank. But they did say, like, there were various shows... We really wanted to show that we never got to bring here. And there are a lot of shows we had to show that we didn't want to show. If I had to guess, one of them is probably like Hamtaro. Hamtaro. Um, yeah, Hamtaro feels like the most likely because it's the one that doesn't fit in no. very well at all. It's like um, It was like Dragon Ball Z, Hamtaro, Gundam Wing, Sailor Moon. <laughs> Cyborg 009. <laughs> yeah, like, like Robotech. And you're like, what is the hamster doing here? Why are the hamsters here? And they're like, well. Um, we show card captors and like uh, Caro's cute, so like hamsters also cute. So it, you know, it's like we got to get that. Um, it, that <laughs> it all makes it. Listen, hey, shut up. We're gonna make a ham taro toy. You want it? Yes, I do want a ham taro toy. <laughs> yes, it's a cute little hamster with cute little hamster eyes. Of course, I do. <laughs> um, but there's a last. There's another key component to tsunami I haven't talked about yet. Yes, that really completes the picture, and that's Tom. Tom. So the whole time, in between all these shows and all these ups and downs, Tom is writing commentary, making it feel like each day programming is important because he like talks about his life and his day and like what's going on on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and every day he he'll like talk about like, oh man, I wonder if Goku's gonna make it out of that one. We'll have to tune in tomorrow. Like really pulling you in to like follow yeah. the story. Um, in the year two thousand, he took another step further, but when they introduced the total immersion events or tie, oh, they were story events that happened. During the Toonami block, on TV, and on the new Cartoon Network website. Interesting. Uh, and it also gave them a really easy way to rebrand. Because at the end of Tai, usually Tom dies. <laughs> uh, so the first one was The Intruder. And after The Intruder, um, we get Sarah. Like, The Intruder, like, Sarah's like an AI thing that, like, was on its ship. And she gets onto Tom's ship. She, like, frees herself. And then Tom gets blown up at the end of the event. And then she, re- she uh, boots up a new Tom body, which is Tom 2, and now you have Steve Blum. Oh, the classic. <laughs> uh, the only reason we got the tie event is once again, Cartoon Network came to Toonami and was like, hey, you guys are like super popular. And they're like, yeah. Like, so we want to put more ads and make more money off Toonami. Here's a check. Make some kind of like event so more people want to watch that week. Oh my God. That was it. That was literally it. Wow. Uh, well- they were told to make... They were told to make an event that would make more people watch. And so they made these total immersion events. And you have to, like, make sure that you're watching the commercials and that you're back to watch it when it comes back. Because it leads back in. Because the story happens in between the show. So you can't, 
there's no pausing for it. There's no like changing the channel when it's a commercial because the next you're gonna miss the next thing. So you just gotta watch the whole block from four to seven and not get up, which is honestly perfect. It's, yeah, it's like I can't be mad. It's like incredibly clever. <laughs> it is like it is like dastardly perfect. Yeah, it's like diabolically like evil genius level intellect yeah. on those two. <laughs> It's like, how do you get people to watch ads? You make them care about a robot. <laughs> like, make them care about a robot, man. Jeez. Um, and each each time a tie event happened, the ratings were like through the roof. Like, oh my god, the most popular part of Cartoon Network each week when there's a tie event, Toonami, top of the board. Toonami shows are like trouncing, like they're dunking on Dexter's Lab, they're dunking <laughs> on Bugs Bunny reruns, they're dunking on everybody. Like, get the fuck out of here. Dunking on little toon, little Looney Tune babies. <laughs> yeah, getting dunked. Like, no one cares. Uh, people care, but uh, all doing the tie events also is when Cartoon Network's website had the highest amount of page views and page clicks. Because you God. gotta go, you gotta go online and do the event to help Tom. Yeah. Sometimes the event, the times, like you can pick what color Tom will be when he reboots. Oh. Should should Tom have this kind of face visor? Like you have to go online and do the thing so you can vote. You can build um, the perfect man. Exactly. <laughs> build your husband. Yeah. How ahead uh, of its time. <laughs> during uh, the Thai event lockdown, they introduced a MMRPG to Cartoon Network for the first time. Oh my god! Where you could like you got like you got like a robot, and your robot got stats as you played the game. Oh wow! Um. And every time they needed to, like, rebrand, get engagement up, bring in, like, more characters for, like, Tom and Sarah's story, because there's a whole story in between each episode of an, of an anime, <laughs> they just do a tie event. And everyone's like, oh, shit, a new event. What's going to happen to Tom this time? I wonder what Sarah will do. Or they, they met a new rope, like, every time. And it works every single time. Jeez, it's just genius. It is. <sighs> so how do we get Steve Blum to voice Tom? This is a good question. He's, he's, he's like, so busy, right? No. Steve Blum's nobody right now. (laughs) This is, this is before he's anybody. This is before Cowboy Bebop is big. Yeah, like, he's done Cowboy Bebop, but it's not big yet, because it hasn't been on Toonami Midnight Run yet. (laughs) Yep. We're not there quite yet. (laughs) He's just... Uh, So, they called Steve Blum up, and he's like, this is the first time in his entire career he's been called to come have a meeting. He's never, like, he's like, this has never happened. Um... (laughs) And they off they were like, Will you come in with us? We have a we have a pitch for you, we will buy you beer. And he's like, They sold me on the beer. I really wasn't into it. Uh <laughs> he gets there and they're like, So we want like your character Spike, what if he hosted a show? And Steve was like, I mean, I'm glad you like Spike, that's cool. And then like once they explained what the block was, which is essentially a cartoon action block that wanted to bring more love and respect to dubbed anime, he was in. He nice. was like, stop talking. Because he's a voice actor who does dubbed anime. Yeah, and again, at this time, yeah. th- no one cared. Yeah, he was just doing like nothing, like nothing series that like maybe got like spit out on the VHS tapes. It's like, yeah. why, if you could do something to help your whole industry, that was also your job. Um, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you? Like, would it's you? a no, no, br- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's get me paid more. Yeah. Uh, and that is like, like now Toonami is like codified. Like this is what people, Toonami's like, Toonami is Tom and he's like a robot dude and he's voiced by Steve Blum and he's really snarky and there's like a robot lady who like cues up the show. Like that is like what people think of. And like mm-hmm. we finally are there. 
And yeah. it's really interesting. I love doing this show with you, and I love doing this because going back and looking, like as soon as we get there, it is over. Uh, two thousand and one, Adult Swim hits the waters. Important mm-hmm. for later. Uh, they do a few jump the sharky things with Toonami for some reason. Sim- probably because again, they're not in charge of it. This is Cartoon Network. Like Toonami's a good brand. They have Toonami mm-hmm. Rising Sun on Saturday mornings to, that Uh-oh. basically plays reruns. Yeah, yeah, that name is really troubling. Uh, <laughs> and then at the same time, Warner the the their fucking dad Warner Brothers is like Toonami's making money. Let's put it on Kids WB so we can make more money. Oh my! God. And there was like Toonami's Kids WB that was literally just like the Toonami brand, but the same Kids WB shit. Uh, <laughs> These things both happen on Saturday mornings at the same time. This is wild. <laughs> so they are You're competing fighting. with yourself. <laughs> yes. You're your I'm own like, worst enemy. I'm like, did the the like the WB guys not talk to the Cartoon Network guys? Like I get WB is like we can do whatever we want because they own everything, but like did you not call them to see what the programmer was doing yeah or? it's like wb's like the people at wb are just like we are papa's favorite and we will never die <laughs> <Like. Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's like two it's 2002 2003 they're like you know the sky's the limit like setting and wearing cartoons are still going strong like what could go wrong oh no everything's falling apart <laughs> oh no if people can just watch cartoons all the time, why should they get up early and watch them on Saturdays? Yeah, oh, like, no. what, the, what the fuck do I look like? I'm staying up late to watch Toonami Midnight. I'm not going to get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. to fucking... I'll watch Teen Titans when it reruns on Cartoon Network on Toonami. To watch a baby show like Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> like, I'm staying up to watch Yu Hakusho. I'm not going to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, come on. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, so, we hit 2004. And this is, like... So, once Adult Swim hits the waters... uh. It the shift starts because people stop watching Toonami because mm-hmm. all the good stuff's on Adult Swim. Because Adult Swim is airing Cowboy Bebop. Adult Swim has Trigun. Adult Swim's showing uncut DBZ. Yeah. Because they can, and there's no longer Toonami... There's no more Toonami Midnight Run. That stopped in March. Ooh. Uh, so, again, it's like back to competing with themselves. Like, teens who are now getting even older, because it's been on now for like four or five years. Young fans who are like 11, 12 are also now hitting their teenage years. Like, college kids and teenagers like... I mean, it's really not that hard to stay up to 1 a.m. I'll just stay up to 1 a.m. and watch DBZ then. Yeah. It's like, why would I watch, like, the watered-down DBZ if I can stay up till 1 and watch the one with all the, the blood and the, the yeah. bird flipping? And then I can also watch Cowboy Bebop and Trigun. Like, they have cool guns. Yeah. Like, why now? I'm just going to do that. Exactly. Um. So in 2004, they moved Toonami to Saturday evenings, and they put in that action black Mizugi, which I think died a week later. Um... <laughs> No, it I, went like, on longer than you think it did. Yeah, I like barely remember it. And I'm like, I must have deleted it from my brain. Yeah, because that's where um, Cold Lyoko was on. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And like, oh, I could. In my head, it was on Toonami. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like after school. Yeah. They'd be like, Moguchi. And I'm like, that doesn't, I don't like that. <laughs> They're like, it sounds japanese That's what the kids like, right? Yeah, they like anime, and then like, here's an anime, and it's called Lyoko, and it's like... Is it? <laughs> mm, not really. <laughs> no, wait, wait till they're going to the computer world. Oh, this is worse. This is, this is even less of an anime. <laughs> <laughs> this is the wrong direction. Oh, there's um, a Japanese girl in it, right? They're in France. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the wrong way. 
<laughs> so for the next four years, Tsunami basically plays as an opening act to Adult Swim because Adult Swim Saturday evenings to like stick with theme, like also played mostly anime on Saturday at first, uh, mm-hmm. before they got more original programming. And but like, so you were like watching Tsunami to like wait for the like if you watch it, it was for the good stuff. Um, 2005 was when Cartoon Network made the programming split official of Adult Swim and Cartoon Network, and it became two separate things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Toonami, like, just can't keep up with the Adult Swim brand as they're getting more and more interesting stuff. Um, Toonami tried their own original programming. They made the Immortal Grand Prix show, which was not very good. Yeah. Uh, they did some specials. They had the Miyazaki special month in 2006, I think. Um, yeah, but USA did it at the sa- exact same time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't 2008. That's right. It's in 2008. I have it here in my mm-hmm. notes. They did a special in 2008 and it was like this, you know, each week they showed a different Miyazaki film and it ended with, uh, the one that won, uh, Spirited Away. Spirited Away, um, yeah. And so I was like, oh yeah, you know, Toonami's like going to hit a new golden age. Maybe like people like, maybe they'll show movies. Maybe Toonami, like, I remember talking to my friend, like maybe Toonami like where we get anime movies now. Like they'll, you know, they got DBZ, they got DBZ to make them more content. Maybe they'll just get yeah. all the movies and it'll like, it's only Saturday night. So they'll just like show anime movies. That'll be fine. Literally the same, like weeks after they did that special at a convention, Cartoon Network announced Toonami would be getting canceled. Rip. About two weeks after that, they did their last tsunami airing. Steve Blum had gave his whole speech. It was very, it, it was, I remember watching it. It was, I cried. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he gives a speech about like, you know, we couldn't do it without you. You did all this. Like, we, we did it for you guys and we hope you have good memories and we hope you remember us and like what we stood for. Um, the last episode tsunami ever aired was just a rerun of Samurai Jack, which also felt pretty like stings, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was it. That was the time that was creepy and had a face, so I wasn't sad to see him go. But he looked weird. <laughs> like, he was not right. Uh, something was, was wrong. It. And then Tommy was off the air, and that's uh, where the story ends until April first, two thousand twelve. <laughs> um, April first, two thousand twelve. Adult Swim plays a April Fool's joke every year. Every year, mm-hmm. like people get excited to see what it's going to be. Yeah. That year, it was Tsunami. They played Toonami like it was 1999. They showed like oh DBZ, God. Sailor Moon, Gundam Wing. They like Cowboy Boo, but they just like, they ran it straight. They didn't like, they just like Toonami aired and then it ended and it just like was like, and that's it. Um, So remember, Jason DeMarco's at Adult Swim now. Yeah. He's not the head of programming yet. So Mike Lazo, who's still the head of programming for all of Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the creator of Adult Swim. He's like the CEO of Adult Swim, I think is what his title was. Yeah. Um, and Kim Manning, who was the head of programming for Adult Swim, were having a brainstorming session. Like, what should we do for April Fools? And Mike's like, oh, shit, you know what would be funny? A tsunami. We'll just make it like it's the 90s again. So they, he, go, he like, goes to tell Jason, he's like, hey, Jason, you and the other various tsunami staff who like moved to Adult Swim, could you like throw, up a tu- like, throw together a tsunami thing for April Fools? And Jason is like, he's like, I had to contain myself because I knew what I had then was an opportunity to convince them to bring tsunami back. But I couldn't tell them yet. Had to hold my cards a little too close to the chest. So he, they did it. They ran it, and then Demarco had he he called for the crew to call to have Adult Swim push for fans. They gave them a hashtag, bring Tanami back mm-hmm. to like get fans to try and show they wanted it back. It was extremely successful. <laughs> I remember I technically joined Twitter originally for that. That is what my oh Twitter. My God. I made it way back then to join that hashtag. I remember. We had, like, 
people would have like four accounts because we were tweeting it so much that you get banned because if you tweet too much, I think you're a bot. Yeah. They're um, like, it, get out of here. <laughs> it was like, it'd be, it'd be in the top 10 trending every, it was like we did every Saturday. It was overwhelming. So by the next Saturday, like a week later, Adult Swim had a bumper that was like, bring Toonami back. And then it faded out and it said, we hear you. Stay tuned. <gasps> oh my God. Um, Jay DeMarco went back to Mike. He's like, hey, can I slap together a cheap version of Toonami using assets we already have? So Tom was like, the last Tom that wasn't creepy, he's like, Tom three. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was that ship. It was all those assets. They All they did was like new voices. Everything mm-hmm. else was the same. And Mike was like, sure, go for it. And this is where it comes into not playing by the rules. Because Mike didn't clear that with anybody. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, do it. <laughs> he didn't ask anyone. Because the way he saw it, he's like, it's technically Adult Swim. Yeah. But Toonami is a Cartoon Network asset. Yeah. And the two were separated in 2005. Ah, so they're completely different companies. So technically... (laughs) Technically, no. I have to get that cleared. Yeah, technically, um, this is not legal. (laughs) (laughs) But they did it anyway. It went well. Um, May 26, 2012, Toonami returned and reclaimed their Saturday Night Block from Adult Swim. They essentially went back to being at the midnight run of Toonami is what they did just full time now. Um, And it's back home. It is still going now. Ten years after that, they just celebrated the 25 year overall anniversary of Toonami. Um, And they're still going strong. They're still bringing new anime. They are... This is me wrapping back to our news. They are bringing in mm-hmm. two new Fooly Cooly series. Uh, Wild. They already did a sec- They already did once. So they're responsible for three seasons of Fooly Cooly, which before was a story that wasn't going to get told more. But they were like, we love, yeah. like, they are on record. Jason DeMarco, who was seen as, he was like, essentially now is like, is Toonami. Um, yeah. And also being the head programmer for Adult Swim, like, is Adult Swim. And he is, they are on record as saying Fooly Cooly is the best thing we've ever shown and will always be the best thing we've ever shown. It's really um, wild that Fully Cooley got shown here at all because, like, yeah. wasn't it? It was four episodes, wasn't it? It's six, but it six. is six. Okay, it was it was originally six episodes, but like that's so wild to be like to put the effort into you know translating a show that's six episodes long that you can't show in syndication, like just with how our television works. Like, yeah, there's no syndication, a, and it's yeah, it's not anime that should sell here. Yeah, no, it's it's bizarre, but it's like really good like it's very good but it's very weird and it's very it was yeah. a big risk and it's also like they like they have had like when it's a long weekend they'll do like a fully coolie night on like the fourth yeah. day of the weekend where it's just fully coolie because it's six episodes so it takes three hours so just show fully coolie back to back for six hours straight but it was like always on like even when it was on adult swim instead yeah. of um Toonam, it was always on like mm-hmm. every week their fully coolie would be back on and it's six episodes so they were showing six episodes Forever. Every week, again and again and again. <laughs> so, it, like, it went on for so long. Um, some other cool stuff that it, they did for the 25th anniversary, Adult Swim team went through and they, um, well, the Tsunami team, but, like, it's under the Adult Swim umbrella and on the YouTube channel. They went through and, um, uh, what's the word? They made all the old Tsunami bumpers, like, high quality. Oh, like, they, um, uh, what Restored? is the word? Yeah. That's the right word. <laughs> so it was it's so remastered. Cool, remastered. Ah! Yes. Uh it's so cool because I remember like I would when I want to watch them, like you just find like really shitty uploads of them. Yeah. Uh so it's really cool now that you have them like in high quality um 
again. Like, I mean, they weren't high quality then, but, like, to your brain, they looked, they were as good as they could look, you know? And now they look as good as they can look again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's really awesome. And another thing is when they first brought it back, when DeMarco said a cheap version, a lot of the team did all the work for free. Jeez. Um, Steve Blum was doing Tom for free for several years when Toonami came back. I couldn't find definitive stuff. It was... This is me from, like, watching Tsunami when it came back and there was, like, a bumper about, you know, we're here doing this for free because we love you guys and thanks for all the love and bringing us back. Yeah. Um, but, like, it is... Toonami is responsible for anime fandom as it is now in the States. Not alone. There were other shows and other shows that, like, set it up, but, like, if Toonami didn't happen, it wouldn't... It would... There'd be anime, but it wouldn't be like this. No, it'd be, like, significantly different because, like, you know, Sailor Moon was, like, on other channels before it was on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. But, like, it didn't get big until it was on Toonami, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they just knew how to give them a home and to give them the respect they deserve, I think, is the yeah. big thing. Um, and a lot of brands took notice. I mean, Bondi took notice of that. We wouldn't, like, Gundam, it's weird to imagine a life without Gundam because it's, like, such, like, you don't, like you said, you don't even Gundam, but you know what it is. It's such a big fucking yeah. deal. Especially recently, because, like, I feel like model kits have just, like, kind of exploded. Like, mm-hmm. people are very into them now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a couple years ago, you wouldn't have been able to find one in a store. Now you can just walk into Barnes & Noble and there's, like, a shelf yeah. of them. You can like, fucking walk. You go know, to a Target and they there's, like, an 80% uh, yeah. chance they have a Gundam kit. They do. It's super weird. <laughs> like, that is wild. Um, I was at a Walmart and there was, like, a little, like, you know how they put, like, displays in the middle of the mm-hmm. aisle? Mm-hmm. oh gundam kits i was Wild. like it was so weird all because of toonami yeah uh that is that is like the biggest impact their legacy has had and i think it's when it gets overlooked like a lot of people i think think about like dbz and Sailor Moon, and like those are big but like mm-hmm. gundam as like an ip as like a brand as a franchise is like again dwarfs pretty much everyone and kit sales alone yeah exactly. uh and Hamtaro's been forgotten to the wind. <laughs> Hamtaro exists only as a name on the wind. Um, Little hamsters, big adventures, Hamtaro. <laughs> Toonami touched lots of lives in lots of countries. Toonami was aired in some of these countries. Australia, the UK, oh. Ireland, France, mm. Pakistan, parts of Latin America. I could not, oh. find, na- I could not find which areas. Um, <laughs> and South Africa. Whoa. The country, not like the southern part of Africa. Yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> just the country <laughs> uh which is i don't know it, it and those and some of those countries was aired internet it was aired like in the language like in france it was aired in french mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean that's that's really it for for me that's toonami that's its legacy that's it is so responsible for so much and i mean to this day they're like bringing over some of the biggest anime like toonami was airing demon slayer toonami brought over dead man wonderland like they're still like mm-hmm. trying to push themselves and bring in like new tsunami aired uh this have you ever heard the animated movie mind game no it's fucking bonkers it's an anime it's an anime it's like an anime movie it's an anime movie um it is in okinawan dialect japanese mm-hmm. uh and it is trippy as shit um it's one of my favorite movies and tsunami aired it and it's like again another thing that like it's not like a normal quote-unquote anime thing uh, yeah it's like a very experimental like anime but they brought it over because they're like they want to push 
they want to push people's understanding of animation. Like that's mm-hmm. been their whole thing from start to finish is like expanding people's understanding of animation, and getting people to respect animation. Yeah. And I really think it's succeeded. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I have a little fact about um, Gundam. Please. <laughs> okay. So Gundam Wing on Toonami was like the first time we really got a Gundam. Yes. But Deke Entertainment, Dick oh Entertainment, boy. if you've seen our previous episodes. <laughs> Dick is um, nasty. <laughs> um you've heard that they tried to create their own version of sailor moon right yes yes this is pretty oh, infamous God. yeah Wait. this is <laughs> this is pretty infamous that De- deke entertainment um before just handling the dub of sailor moon just tried to just redo the whole thing and create their own version which was a mix of live action and animation um oh right and yeah so it was it was this whole thing where it you know do you need to put in this much effort when you can just literally just put the voices in? <laughs> like, no. Um, so around that same time, they also tried to make their own version of Gundam. You know oh how there's God. those little chi- <laughs> you know how there's those little chibi Gundams. Yes. Like, yeah, those ones. Um, well, they were gonna um, have a show where the kids of the show turned into to the Gundams these little, into the little chibi Gundams. Yeah, and they were called Dooley Bots. No. <laughs> yep. oh my god yep <laughs> i what was dick entertainment it just absolutely like, you know sometimes they'd have a banger they'd be like yeah inspector gadget we got it i don't even know if they like created that one i don't think that was the, no i think they bought their, that one they bought that one didn't they because that was Pretty from sure. france yeah they bought that Wait. One. they bought that whole french library we did that whole thing on them no, it they, was, no they, we were talking about someone else because they got bought by someone else yeah they they Okay, so I Deke, think most of the bangers they bought. <laughs> Deke didn't do Garfield and Friends. Mm-mm. The biggest banger of the 90s. Um, Madeline? Wait. <laughs> Maybe? No, I think they... Didn't they buy that with, with the French stuff? Oh! Let's see. Let's see. Programming blocks. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, no. They did develop Inspector Gadget. Oh, okay. There, there you go, Deke. We get, Which we became... Get yeah. Which became successful production out of the U.S. office. Mm. <laughs> they also did the Littles. I'm not going to elaborate on that. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's by it's based on a book by um, the guy who wrote Stuart Little. No. Oh. Was, no. Wait, it wasn't. No. That was, I just this don't know who writes. <laughs> I just don't know who wrote anything. I love. It's okay. I still love you. I don't know anything <laughs> Thank either. Thank you. Thank you. I do know we're at the end of our episode. We are. We did it. Thanks for tuning in to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. You can rate us a five stars on Apple Podcasts. No, we have a thing for that. We have a thing for that. Oh, yes. Okay. Bye. Stay gold. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. There's always like, adults to the state gets attacked by parents. It's like, our kids are watching this and like, your kids shouldn't be watching this. There's a whole disclaimer. We do, as soon yeah. as Cartoon Network ends, we're also not Cartoon Network. We are decidedly not Cartoon Network. We're just on the same channel. We're just happy to be like, and they do like a soft like, start. <laughs>